Today on the stream, I had my first official guest, my buddy, Ambi Cordova, and we just generally chatted about things that we thought were interesting about the world around us. The conversation wanders to all sorts of places, and we just chit-chat. So we talk about a little bit about crypto stuff he's been reading, executive orders, the digital dollar, just... I talk about lexicographers. We try to come up with a, the new word representing a unit that represents a half an hour or 30 minutes. We talk about adult lunchable trays. And there you go. It is December 22nd, 2022. This is Spencer Ingram. You're listening to Reality Stretch. Let's stretch reality together. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Today's a very special day. We have a guest, our very first guest. Waiting for him to join the join the meeting real quick here. <laughs> Hello, I'm Ola. Back. You're back. <laughs> you are back. I need to adjust my mic settings. Uh, let's see here. Say a few things, Ambi. Hi, how are you? Hi. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I don't know. It's a trial and error here. We will learn. I'm going to drag you over to my main screen, put you on full screen. All right, this looks like it has potential. Um, my camera is turned off. Let's see. All right. So you can't see me, Ambi, but I am. You can see me on the stream. You, if you want to see my face, you can pull it up. Pull up the stream on like YouTube Live and mute it or something if you want to. But my mm -hmm. master plan is I just need to get a second webcam. Because if I have two webcams plugged into my computer, I can have one resource dedicated to the streaming program and the other resource dedicated to the meeting platform and mm -hmm. or maybe even i don't know how some streamers do it but some people that play games they have like a stream pc and a game pc and somehow they're able to stream from the game pc to the stream pc so if i can figure out how to do that then i'll put like video conferencing on the laptop and stream the laptop into obs as a source anyway I will help you with that because I've been curious about that from watching uh, my favorite people. Yeah, nice. So well, I will help you uh, figure that out. We'll figure it out together, of course. All right. Well, you, you, Ambi, have helped me accomplish what I've discussed as the audience of none to the participation of one, the audience of one, which is an infinite improvement. The jump from zero to one is an infinite improvement. And because uh, you were kind enough to listen to the podcast, uh, after I told you I started a podcast, you listened to it and you said, yeah, I'll come be on the show. And uh, 
have thus graced us with your presence and it's super exciting to have you on so will be super super exciting to have this conversation so thanks for being here good morning thanks for the invite and uh grand rising to you yeah that grand rising instead of good morning huh yes um i've been looking into um like words have meanings or can cast spells so with what you say can uh affect what you're uh, telling somebody or what you're saying to yourself subconsciously and i figured out what good morning means <laughs> what morning is, that? is like morning like somebody's death uh morning of something i've thought about that i've thought about that of course what's the difference in spelling between morning and the time of day isn't there a u added in morning i think it might be it's the tricks of the witches the tricks of the witches that's interesting so the subconsciously saying good morning it's morning like, uh, can be representative of the synonym it can be synonymous with what's the etymology of the word morning let me check real quick that's interesting. it's uh well the for good morning it's uh between midnight and noon especially between sunrise and noon sure uh from middle english morning is middle english from morn That's stupid. It's like circular reasoning. You look up morning, the etymology of morning, and it's like it comes from the word mourn. And then you click on mourn, and it's like it's short for the word morning. And it's like, yeah, well, that doesn't tell me anything. It's just circular. Um, anyway, well, so you're familiar, Ambi. Why don't you... Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to cyberspace via this platform? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself as if your life were the inside cover of a book, like the dust jacket of a book that summarizes the contents of the book. Give us a summary of your life. Summary. Introduce, uh, introduce Ambi to us. So I'm Ambi Bambi and, um, a little bit about me is getting more into the technical uh, technology world. Um, and I've been, I've been mostly in the labor field and working my, my butt off for forever. But uh, right now I'm currently uh, getting into chat G, uh, GPT. Um, I know you covered a little bit on that. But um, <clears throat> I'm trying to change my uh, skill of work and upskill because I feel like uh, AI is going to be uh, taking over the middle class uh, jobs, uh, a lot of people's jobs, not just the middle class, um, lawyers, people that write documents. Um, but further back, yeah, I uh, love to just hang out with people. And uh, work. I I don't do anything other outside of that. And uh, it's kind of hard to uh, 
tell a short story about yourself when you're put on the spot. I know. It wasn't very <laughs> nice of me to put you on the spot, but... I'm like, let me think, what, what, what do I do in life? I, I feel like I've just mostly worked and helped other businesses grow, um, help other people find their uh, spirit so they're not in flesh. And then uh, I just like to um, enjoy life and uh, help others enjoy their lives with laughter and kindness. Nice. I like it. Help others enjoy their lives with laughter and kindness and serve others all good things and uh i know i know you have a fascinating story and lots of fascinating experiences so we'll have to figure out how to discuss those over time not today but thank you that's good i just wanted to do a a quick introduction for uh like i said for cyberspace here so very good well um since you listened to the show yesterday since you listened to the program yesterday, you know kind of my philosophy around like a sandbox. So let's jump right into it and go with. Uh, I'll 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 bring up a couple things. First of all, how much time do you have? I'm probably gonna stream for, stream for like an hour. You wanna you wanna stay for the the whole thing or? How oh much yeah, time? I got ready just for you, and I got my coffee. <laughs> nice. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'm sorry. I was a, a little bit late this morning. I was trying to figure this stuff out and it was just taking me a minute, but well, yeah, and I was making sure to get a, a couple of notes going and then I was getting everything set up too, to make sure, um, I don't have a mic, which I'm probably gonna look at. Oh, I did have one. I just don't know where I put it. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Whatever. If you have a mic, I might, this is just like a cheap headset I got on Amazon. But, you know, it has decent quality, but it does pick up some background noise and, you know, it picks up me like swallowing and mouth breathing and like I want to get something that doesn't do that because no one likes to hear swallowing and mouth breathing on a, on a podcast. But, you're, I mean, your mic sounds fine for I, now, for sure. I, uh, I want one of those like almost like boom mics that the professionals have. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I had, I used to have one of those because I was trying to find a, like a, there was like a $40 microphone on Amazon that like was good, good reviews for like picking up musical instruments. And for, I have a violin and I was, I used to take lessons a really long time ago and I was trying to find something that could pick that up. But the real, the real issue there was my skills are not where they need to be in order to make it worthwhile to record anything. If they were, though, I'd probably find a way. But I, I, I think my kids broke that microphone. That's the that's what happens with most of my technology. I'm anyway. curious. What are you? I'm curious. When you say your violin, it's funny because I've been thinking about picking up violin lessons. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you bring that up recently. Yeah, it's fun. I like it. I, I mean, I like the piano. I like. Uh, um. I don't know, but I I kind of treat instruments like I treat sports. Like, I really like soccer or, you know, internationally called football. Because all you need is a ball to play. It's like lacrosse, everybody needs a stick. Everybody needs a helmet. Everybody needs, you know, protection. American football, you really need helmets and padding. 
but soccer, you just need a ball. And I'm kind of the same with instruments. I'm like, you can carry a violin around with you. Piano, you got to go find one unless you're just carrying a keyboard around. Drum set, it's kind of a pain to carry around, but you can make a little mobile one. But I see like the functionality and effectiveness. Yeah, I like to be able to just carry around an instrument with me and, and, and try to get good at it. But anyway. Well, what uh, should we talk about the sandbox? I'm happy to talk about the sandbox. Alright. I have some random things in my sandbox today. I'm going to copy these and from my phone quickly and put them into my sandbox Google sheet. So remember my sandbox as I'm just driving around looking at things the day before I add them to my sandbox to for you know potentially discuss the next day. And first of all, just on a general chit-chat level, we went and looked at Christmas lights in the valley yesterday. And I think my People's Choice Award goes to the uh, house that featured the leg lamp from Christmas Story. Featured that super prominently in, like, the biggest window of their house. And it was all lit up and everything. So when you go... Like it's you, you just you see the leg. It's in the the window above like their garage or something. And as you're oh, yeah. driving past, like you can't miss it. So I think they get the peop- my People's Choice Award because that's just such an epic reference. There, you seen the Christmas Story? And it feels like home. Yeah, have you seen the Christmas Story? The oh, all the time. You you'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I saw the Red Rider already in Walmart. Yeah, the the yeah the Daisy brand one, Red Rider, or whatever. Yeah, I'm already 36 years old, and I'm like, I need a Red Rider BB gun. Absolutely, you do. Right, and I'm like, nah, you shoot your eye out. The the lever action, <laughs> the lever action one shot Red Rider. Yeah, That's and then classic. you talk yourself out by saying you're gonna shoot your eye out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I, my my cousins would shoot each other with those, and that's a little hardcore. Um, the the most I would do would be the yeah, the most I would do would be like an airsoft plastic pump double eagle, nothing powered by green gas. So I would just use weak pistols, and we'd shoot each other with those. But I would would never do a Red Ryder BB gun. That would hurt. <laughs> You know, it leaves a giant walt. You get where the where the BB hits, and then a walt around yeah. that. Yeah. Did did that ever? Uh, did you ever do that? Did you ever get hit yeah. by one? I know from experience. Oh, dude, in a close range shot in your leg, <clears throat> and you can't cry and go inside and say you're shooting each other because you're both getting the BB. Oh yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you did that? Shoot, like, I want to say like around like 9 or 10, we would uh, play cops and robbers and chase each other around with the BB guns. Some of some of us had the CO2, and then some of us had the pump action. 
you were only allowed to pump it five times, but sometimes they pumped it more. Oh, interesting. I didn't know they made CO2 BB guns. So was that the airsoft gun? Because the airsoft gun shoots the little plastic pellets, right? BB gun yeah. shoots the little metal, metal. Yeah, that one was the pump action. Wow, huh? Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. You do that. Yeah, it's hardcore. My cousins got clever and would hide on the roof and get you from there. Oh, those cousins. You got to watch out for those. I was too short to get up there. (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, taking advantage of the short cousins sitting on the roof and pelting them with BBs, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. I hide in trash bags and in the trash cans. Hey, that's resourceful, (laughs) man. You were not going to concede to those rooftop warriors. Mm -mm. Watch them climb up there, and as soon as they start climbing up, hit them from behind. That's right. You were fighting them in the trenches, fighting them on the beaches like that. What's that Winston Churchill uh, speech when he's talking about fighting them in the air, fight them on the the sea, whatever, fight them on the land? (laughs) Well, so I was also thinking yesterday about how most, it seems like most technological breakthroughs accomplished by industry, there's nothing more American or capitalistic than most technological breakthroughs being made to achieve something silly. Have you ever noticed that? Like, I often think... I can't remember what I was thinking last night. Oh, yeah. Someone had, like, a... Someone had, like, a a star. A, a large, like, seven-foot lit-up star that was about 15 feet off their roof from a pole. So it looks like it's levitating. And we were joking, like, hey, how'd they, how'd they get the lights up to that star? And, of course, there's a pole, but it's dark, so you can't see it. But you knew there was a support there. But I'm like, <laughs> that would be such an American thing to do for a company to develop the technology to levitate something indefinitely just to make a light display on it, right? Yes. Similar. Like a projector. Uh, yeah, yeah, you could do a projector for sure, but... But similarly, I was like one time I was landscaping a house and I was transporting bark in a truck in a trailer and then using my wheelbarrow to take the bark from the truck bed to the flower beds to spread out the bark. Right. And I was thinking to myself, it would be so cool to have portals like a three foot diameter portal right you've got a, a, a an entry point and an exit point um start point end point material goes in one side of the portal comes out the other side of the portal i said that's what landscapers need just for bark so that way you can put one of those portals underneath the pile of mulch at the mulch distributor and then you can open up the portal on the other side and just dump bark, bark directly from the pile of bark at the bark distributor onto the flower bed and then maybe the that dealer can like charge you by volume pass through the 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 portal or something and i'm like that would be such an american thing to do is to develop the ability to send something through a portal and then use it for landscaping and spreading bark it just seems like something we would do right yes 
I would I would love that as when I was a landscaper that would be amazing. Yeah, I knew you did landscaping. Or even the gravel because the your your morning routine is uh five tons of gravel. So if you could portal that to the area that you need it, it would make life so easy. Your morning your routine as a landscaper was five tons of gravel? Yes. And we would hand pick um boulders and uh flagstone for um really really um detailed uh fountains that that they like um they liked it out here in new mexico they like to use a lot of moss rock and flagstone for their um water fountains and so we make them outside and make it really like elaborate and um plants rocks boulders we had to hand pick and we actually went to um mountaineer out here to go pick out the rocks by hand and load them wow i think that was like the best shape of my life <laughs> undoubtedly undoubtedly my goodness uh, that's yeah that's nuts yeah something something that would allow you to transport that would be great right Yes, the but, teleportation, uh, a mighty morpher. That's just what the. Hang on, I'm gonna pop out. Here. Right here. A mighty morpher. Hang on, you're gonna hear a little echo. There we go. Done. You're on your YouTube, you're on Quibi, right? Uh, Quibi. What's Quibi? I don't even know. Which what what are you live streaming on? Oh, oh, you're th oh, it's just reality stretch. If you go to reality stretch, it's just one word. It's alright. Okay, so, uh, you found it on the live stream. All right. Well, I'm just saying, like, that's something that, like, the uh, extraterrestrials showing up on Earth would be like, whoa, you guys developed the ability to teleport things. That's cool. What are you doing with that? Like, oh, we're using it in small business landscaping. Like yeah, not surprised. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yeah. it just I just feel like it's it's the American industry's way to great, create great technological advancement and then use it for. Uh, well, while you're on that subject, it's funny that you say that because I think we're very actually close to that because it would one it would take out the middle expenses and the middleman. And uh, with the open AI and the uh, chat GPT, it's getting really close to that, like replacing truck driver jobs. Um, there's already robots that could flip burgers. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking how fast everything is coming um, with the AI technology. Did you know that AI is also owned by um, 
Elon, well, not a part owner of Elon Musk and uh, his partner that owns PayPal? Oh, um, well, which whichever AI you're talking about, are you talking about OpenAI? Because oh yeah, so, Open so the AI. guy that owns PayPal currently or co-founded it with him? Because I think it was Peter Thiel. Well, uh, co-founded. So I know it's Elon and Peter then Thiel. Yeah, Elon, and then I do know another co-owner, Jen. Have you heard of Stellar? For the cryptocurrency? No. So I'm finding out with playing with the open AI, like it's all the big banks like JP Morgan, Elon Musk, and then uh, the people uh, behind like that has helped created those um, platforms. They're all connected. So I feel like um, going off of what you were saying, like building that portal, um, the biggest thing to focus on right now, uh, I put down is uh, the attention, data, software, and uh, information is going to be the new oil. Have you noticed how... Um, oh, do you know... Have you been following uh, crypto at all? No. I don't. Okay. Uh, other than just like Bitcoin and other than uh, there's tons of crypto bots on Twitter. Other than that. Crypto bots. <laughs> yeah, there's tons of crypto bots, man. Gotta love well, I see, I see in quarter one and quarter two of 2023, I'm predicting that a lot of middle class jobs are going to be taken over with the open ai yeah i mean i i can totally see that let me i'm going to switch my picture to like over here so i can see that and appreciate that for sure and um that's been the that's been what we're trending towards and what's interesting is initially with automation i was thinking that a lot of jobs like insurance and others will go away very quickly when Google's, you know, or whoever, whomever's AI for customer service is excels to the point where it can do a better job and is more responsive than a human. I I know that lots of those jobs will go away. As far as the truck drivers, self-driving, everything's at risk, but for a while, I thought, oh, it's good because the idea of avoiding automation for the sake of saving jobs is a regressive move. And the reason I say that is because if we basically that's just an aversion to any more efficient technology. So right now, a farmer today can harvest more crop by a, a multiple than farmers over a hundred years ago could do by themselves, right? Technology is improving, efficiencies improving. And so I, whenever people are like, we can't automate this because too many people will lose their jobs. I'm like, well, then we shouldn't have washing machines because, 
You know, it's better that you take five hours to go find a creek, use a washboard, wash your clothes, than it is to have a labor-saving device, something that saves time. Because if you consider humans as like a one organism, one creature, if a device is saving you time, it's no different than people's jobs being lost to automation, and thereby saving the human experience, the expenditure of time as well. So, I mean, it's really the same type of argument and people will evolve. People will evolve. We always have since, since our inception, like we'll just continue to evolve and adapt and people that lose their jobs. But now here's where I made a mistake is, I mean, I make mistakes every day, but one of the ways I made a mistake is I figured that once automation was really kicking in, it would give people more time to pursue the arts and what I didn't anticipate was that AI would also be a lot better at the arts. I don't know if they are better yet, but like one of my buddies and I were looking over the mid journey bot yesterday to see what sort of images it's churning out. And oh, it's, yeah. it's outrageous. The images that mid journey is, is pumping out is absolutely, absolutely outrageous. And it's, I'm going to be playing. I have been using stable diffusion to generate AI images. Now I'm going to switch to uh, mid journey and buy a subscription, but I don't like discord. I don't like having to deal with discord. So I'm going to have to figure that out because I don't know how it works. I know I've been trying to <clears throat> play with the discord myself. I, well, do, I do hear you. What were you looking at? Elon and Peter Teal. Um, but, uh, but. Artificial intelligence. I know Peter Thiel does his Palantir thing. Yeah. I'm very smart. Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, Reed Hoffman, and others commit $1 billion to stop AI from taking over the world. That's back in 2015. <laughs> Elon Musk's Neuralink backed by Google Ventures. Peter Thiel's Founders Fund and OpenAI CEO Sam Altman. Can we access what's in Peter Thiel's Founders Fund? Right. Uh, let's ask chat. GPT. Right? Oh, there was one thing I was going to ask. Chat GPT. Oh, yeah. See, Founders Fund. It has a website. Does this show what their portfolio is? Partner. Peter Thiel. Okay. Portfolio. So they're in SpaceX, Palantir. That's the one I was talking about. Stripe. Oh. Yes. And see, and Stripe is also part of Ripple and Stellar. Ripple's going to be, is starting to become, is replacing, you know, the, I don't know if you followed the scandal with um, the XRP. FTX? Yes. With Sam Bankman-Fried? XRP, um, or is XRP a different one? Yeah, so there's a, there's different blockchains for the cryptocurrencies, and right now, um, uh, what's going on is the executive order, um, uh, fourteen zero six seven, 
And that's basically uh, making a bunch of rules for, well, making it uh, supervised for the digital currency. That's what's uh, going on this month because of the lawsuit of billions of dollars <clears throat> that was lost. But in doing that right now, um, the bigger banks with Stellar, JP Morgan and Bank of America is going through Ripple. And Ripple's one of the biggest uh, blockchains out there right now. And all of the big banks are switching over to that and have already started to and practicing. So it's just, uh, it's really caught my attention. Uh, I know earlier this year, I was telling you like I really wanted to invest in it because I wasn't sure where we would be in December with the US dollar. Mm -hmm. And... um Looking into all of that is how I introduce you to the first, um, the AI that writes Sonic that I showed you. Mm -hmm. And then it just leads you down a rabbit hole. But it makes me start to think about and realize like, whether it's the news or whatever they're feeding you online, it's like they're having you look this way, but they're doing something uh, over here. Like right now, um, with the executive order, um, that they're rolling out and educating people on how cryptocurrencies of fraud and blockchain is okay. Like that's kind of contradictory because, uh, you need a blockchain for your cryptocurrency. So they're go hand in hand. So it's very, very interesting, um, to see that open everything that we're talking about and playing with right now is all circulated around um big bank corporations and owners of these um platforms which elon musk uh comes into the picture uh jp morgan keeps coming into the picture um let me pull up ripple do you know a lot about ripple that's something to to look at. So, um, Ripple basically is going to take over what um, the FTX and XRP was. Yeah, I'm not even familiar with XRP, so hang on. Oh, gotcha. XRP. I'm just really interested because it seems um, the predictions were in December to have a lot of these bills passed. So right now, um, what what I've gathered so far, uh, just within this month, like really diving into it, is um, our obviously the U.S. dollar is going down. It's not really backed by assets or anything. So going into um, a digital currency um, and assets, I guess, is supposed to um, save the U.S. dollar from going under. So that's what a lot of behind the scenes, um, like the executive order and everything. Hold on, you're not ahead of me. What's the significance of XRP? So XRP is another, what you want to look up is Ripple. So XRP, XLM, they're all blockchains. And um, each 
So let's say XLM and Stellar are the same company, but it's backed by Bank of America. And then you have Ethereum, which is backed by uh, JP Morgan. Ethereum or Ethereum? Ethereum. Oh, it's Ethereum? That's uh, Ethereum. I could be saying it wrong. That's Vitalik Buterin's thing, right? Yes. So I didn't, why is that backed by JP Morgan? Because all the big banks are going to be uh, switching over to the digital currency. And all of their white pages are out, and some of them are already rolled out. Some of them have already rolled out the program because we're going to be changing uh, currencies. It's not going to happen like tomorrow, but they already have it in place and um, practicing. Um, I think it's in. I think they already start. I think they rolled it out in Indiana. But anyways, the executive order is to regulate um, all digital currency, kind of like how there's a regulations for banks now. Yeah, I see that. I found the, this is called the Federal Register. I didn't know it existed. If you're ever curious, it's federalregister.gov. I'm going to add it to the show notes because... Oh, yeah. Have you ever been on there? I haven't been on there before. Yes, they have. They have. That's where I was looking at the executive order. I was looking at the executive order and then kind of what um, like strike also yeah this executive order who has time to read it how many words is this (laughs) seriously but watch I'll send you uh, I put it on I put cliff notes in the chat GPT yeah Watch this word counter. Google Google word counter. Oh, this is a story that I plugged in from ChatGPT. Speak of the devil. You're talking about ChatGPT. All right. This is how many words is this executive order? Five thousand five hundred seventy-six words. It was time to read that. You know, I mean, for real. I, I don't have time. I could sit there and read this on the stream, and it would take like the entire hour of streaming. I I completely felt the same way and I put it to that because I started reading it and it's really like, it gets also confusing because the way that they word things. Yeah. And it's like, you have to kind of like play uh, Riddle Me This. Here, I'll send you these cliff notes. What's the... What is the American Presidency Project? Yeah, send me, cl- send me some cliff notes. That'd be great. All right, give me one second. Hang on, two seconds. Okay. I'm going to go to the whiteboard with you.
I think you would have a fun, fun. Um, Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. Let's see. Um, let me turn up this mic. My sound lo- levels going down. Say something again. I want to check the mic levels. All right. What did it say you were doing here? Uh, okay. Share to jam me. file. Let's look at jam. What is this Jamboard stuff? What are you trying to do to me here? Trying to teach me all these new tools and stuff, huh? Oh, we're going to learn this. Whiteboard. All right, I'm viewing your whiteboard. So what, you can just draw on this now? Yes, and you can put your documents. Fancy. I want you to do what I want it to. Okay, what we're gonna do? Oh, you're just pasting up some notes. Can you even see that sticking out? Yeah. President Joe. <laughs> <laughs> president issued by President Joe. That's cool. I didn't know about this federal register. This is pretty cool. Hmm. It is. Uh, the The reason why I'm getting really into it is because I want to be able to help with generation, like not freak people out, but have people know, like if if you know the game, you can't be played. <laughs> yeah, but again, uh, not to freak anybody out, but it's it's a good if if you just educate yourself. I think that this is would be like the new generational wealth because reading, um, reading a lot about it, it sounds like a lot of people will be losing, like uh, if the banks do switch over, which it's already in place and happening. Um, it's like pensions are going to be lost um people's retirements are going to be lost um it's not scary it's just you know uh it's a good time to really be informed on what's going on and the what is happening is um there's a lot of distraction on the other side so as all of this is rolling out and these um laws are being passed for new digital currency um open ais and everything everybody's you know posting their um a their ai on you know TikToks and facebook and um their avatars right now sure so that's what's hitting the mainstream but none of this stuff that you know is behind the scenes is hitting anywhere like um uh ftx getting sued for billions of dollars but on the news, uh, there's nothing being told about the, uh, that our banks and our U.S. Treasury is trillions in, uh, in the same issue, uh, but they're in trillions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. None of that is mentioned. So there's, there's still inconsistencies with our regular banking system for what FTX is being sued for. 
and I didn't even know that. Well, I mean, FTX, I don't know very much about it. FTX is being sued basically for just mismanaging their Money. fiduciary responsibility. I mean, when they were audited, they had like a negative balance of of Bitcoin in their fund. <laughs> like they're supposed to be. And I was listening to this on, there's a good podcast I like uh, called like We Study Billionaires. And they were talking about, um, they were talking about this whole debacle and they're saying that there's like exchanges that operate as a bank that hold your wallet, hold your funds. And then there are exchanges that actually function as an exchange and they just skim a fee off the transaction and move on. Uh, no, I don't think that was on We Study Billionaires. I think that was on another podcast I like called Econ Talk. Um, who runs that thing? But anyway, so what was FTX functioning as a bank and then just embezzling the funds and mismanaging their fiduciary trust? And when they were audited, they had a negative balance of Bitcoin and they were supposed to have like, I wonder how many Bitcoins they were supposed to have. Bitcoin was FTX supposed to have... Data from CoinGlass showed Bitcoin balance at FTX of just one Bitcoin as of press time. That balance had been about, who knows if this is, uh, I don't know if these are. Anyway, okay, some good hot topic note topics, a little bit more organized for you to send, because uh, I I think you would have a lot of fun with um, diving into to what's going on with the crypto and the blockchain. It's definitely made me educate myself um, on it because I feel like it's a very very great opportunity for anybody to really uh, change their situation for good generational wealth, like moving forward. Um, I don't really think it's scary other than just uh, being disciplined to learn what's really going on while you're posting your TikToks and, and AI stuff. Oh, actually, I was going to say on the... I remember, I remember you were talking about, um, you know, when you were saying like, you know, washer, washer machines and just how technology has advanced, but we still have jobs. Uh, um, right now it just popped in my head. Like, um, everything's about data, data and what we've done online. So if, if we think about it, we've kind of like replaced ourselves with all these like docs emails and everything so i think because i never really thought about i'm like wow how how are how are the the ai bots um able to do you know what we do and i'm like oh we have it all in data mm -hmm. we trained ai on our jobs and they're doing a really good job 
Yeah, I mean, everything that AI is doing, it was created by humans and relies on human input. And the event, the eventuality that some people think, I, do you know what the singularity is? No. So the singularity is, let's look up the definition of the singularity real quick. What is the, it's basically the point where AI flips, it, but I want to attribute it to the person who originally brought this up. Let's see here. Who coined the term singularity? The singularity, Techopedia, is this a reputable source? Heard of this guy, Ray Kurzweil. Is he on Twitter? Maybe I could follow him. You know what Substack is? Amber, you're muted or something. I lost audio. Can you hear me? Here, Ray. There you are. No, Mom, I've heard of Substack. What was that? It's like a it's like a an advanced sort of blog. It's way better than most of the Oh, I think I listened to Ray Kurzweil on the Lex Friedman podcast. Um were we I just lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? We were talking about you being muted and then we we were talking about the singularity, but where were we going with that? The point the is, singular. the point is the singularity. Oh, I was going to see if Ray Kurzweil was on Twitter. That's what. It's got to be him. 13K followers. 13K. Is that him? Tracking the acceleration of intelligence. This looks like an interesting thing to follow. Um, wonder if this is actually him or if this is like a, a bot. Ray Kurzweil, I'll follow him anyway. Does he have any tweets or activity? Maybe he deleted his Twitter. Definitely doesn't look like he has any activity. I'll put this link in the show notes. Let's take a look. But back to who coined the term singularity. Um, singularity was originally coined by mathematician John von Neumann, who way back in the 1950s spoke of how ever-accelerating technological progress could impact human life. This is from Techopedia. It's basically when... Artificial general intelligence emerges. Um, something that's able to transcend a physical infrastructure created by humans. Right now, my understanding of it is artificial general intelligence is something that we basically can't unplug or power down. Um, and the singularity is basically when artificial intelligence eclipses human capacity and understanding 
in an irreversible way. Uh, that, I mean, that's how what that's what the singularity means to me. The word singularity comes from astrophysics, where it is used to refer to a point in space-time where the rules of ordinary physics do not apply. Uh, okay. This is where humans and robots end up cyborgs. Uh, I think that's what? mostly known as transhumanism. You know, I don't mind. I, I, I think uh, I think it'll be very interesting. It's a it's an interesting and great time to live to see like these changes. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I'm all about AI only because um, I wasn't into technology as much just because of my own, uh, my lack of education or like really getting into it. But having stuff like this really helps not just cost, but um I think it, it, it helps with painting your picture a bit better than paying somebody and hoping that they captured really what you're looking for. Sure. So um I'm very I'm very much about it. And then um as for it taking over other jobs, I think it's just in a helpful sense, just because right now we have a lot of people like the whole I wanna say the last few weeks um, you know, going shopping or going anywhere, there's like maybe one or two employees. And then nobody else uh, showing up to work. So I think that would also help, you know, businesses stay alive if, if that does happen. But I don't, I don't see malls and stuff like that existing soon because everything's pretty much done through e-commerce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, brick so, and mortar. I don't know. I thought Amazon was going to quickly squash Walmart with e-commerce, but nope. Walmart has proven a resilient juggernaut. I mean, their online platform, they started doing, Amazon did free two-day shipping. Walmart started doing free two-day shipping. Um, and and in many ways, Walmart evolved so rapidly to the point that, in many ways, I think their service is superior to Amazon because it's brick and mortar. Because you can have all the same shipping benefits and cost benefits um, through Walmart that you can also be able to go pick something up same day or do the, the pickup option where you order groceries and they deliver it to your car. So... Walmart evolved so quickly, but undoubtedly, without Amazon, what would Walmart look like today? Would it still just be like a a Kmart clone, or you know what I mean? Like um, it's gonna be like their warehouses and just people. Uh, what what I saw on So it's going to be warehouses, what they're, they're practicing it already where you drive up and then they either load your car or they do the delivery times. I don't know if you've noticed like the hiring signs for Walmart. Mm -hmm. it, it's like a gig working app, kind of like Instacart or Grubhub. Okay. Yeah. So you can apply for it. Um, like you would on a gig app and then on the gig app, 
you can choose to shop for the items and deliver, or you could just choose to shop, or you could just choose to deliver. Interesting. And, yeah, and you could clock in any time that you want. So, like, before I would do um, Postmates just for some extra cash, and what you do is you just tap a button, it signs you in, and you have um, a car, a credit card that they give you, so then that gets activated. And then you get your uh, list of what you need to get. You go do that, you make a purchase, or it would already be bought for you. Mm-hmm. And then you just take it and deliver. You keep 100% of the tips on top of uh, them paying you a small mileage fee. Interesting. And that's the direction that uh, Walmart has gone. And then um, they're also, I know out here, I don't know if they mentioned anything out in Idaho, um, but out here in New Mexico, there there's talks of them shutting down the majority of Walmarts and just making it uh, strictly an e-com uh, warehouse. Kind of like a, like an Amazon type deal. Interesting. That would probably make a lot of sense. I saw an article, like a a headline pop up that said like some executive with Walmart said if they can't curtail the shoplifting uh, at the rate that it's going, that they're just going to have to shutter some stores. Um, yeah. So that that would make sense. I mean, that how much do they have to spend in security right now? And if the only people they had to monitor were the employees and contractors where there's a little bit more incentive to not steal because they want to make money, not just spend, not just avoid. Cause I mean, in theory, a thief just wants to avoid spending money. And when an employee or a contractor has the motivation of making money, there's a little bit more at stake than just trying, you know, the aversion to theft or stealing, avoiding spending money. Look at this I guy. Know. Look at this guy real quick. Von Neumann says, uh, mm-hmm. Wikipedia says, was a child prodigy. When he was six years old, prodigy, sorry. When he was six years old, he could divide two eight-digit numbers in his head and could converse in ancient Greek. When mm-hmm. a six-year-old Von Neumann caught his mother staring aimlessly, he asked her, what are you calculating? Huh? Funny. <laughs> Now that is something one of my kids would do. Adam would totally say, "What are you calculating?" Like, <laughs> like so. One of my kids like burst into into tears for something, and the six year old said, "Well, his expression sure changed quickly." <laughs> like, who says that? <laughs> who says that? He's he's never heard me say that. He's never heard mom say that. But, um. I feel like there's a level of complexity where you can just BS things, though. Like, if he, if if I try to divide two eight-digit numbers in my head, who's gonna fact-check me on that? <laughs> right? I know. I I could probably just you try to get close to the number. I could probably just try to get close to the number and have it be uh sound credible. And same with like ancient Greek, like. If he could converse in ancient Greek, how many people around him actually knew ancient Greek to tell if he was actually saying, if he was speaking properly, right? I feel like I could roll up and be like, hey, Ambie, 
So to divide 3,867,213 by 178,209, then it's going to come out to be 7.36512. Nah, I'm just kidding. That's horrible. That doesn't even make sense. But the point is, I feel like I ought to be able to BS my way to something that sounds credible. Yes, like the... I don't know if you've ever heard of those uh, people doing sign language for like the U.S. government and they were like fraud. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love. How do those. you even get that far? I love those. That I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that I think that kind of a con or trickery is a net benefit to society because it's funny, it's harmless. You didn't really like. Well, look at me go. Let's think of the unintended consequences. If they relied on someone to translate for the hard of hearing community and that person was a fraud, then the whole hard of hearing community would miss out on the actual message. So never mind. There are consequences and there are victims of that action. So I reverse my statement. You know, I was going to uh, agree with you on it because I'm like, you know what? I How I started my commercial cleaning company is I had I've had restaurant experience as like a manager general manager but not actually cleaning the equipment i totally lied and just youtubed my whole way to start up my own business through a youtube channel because i had no idea what i was doing well but but i would argue some people would say it's dishonest but there's a a, a fine line of gray area so not a fine line. There's a fuzzy gray area between marketing and dishonesty. Because you could easily make a case that watching those YouTube videos gave you experience. Like you could easily make that case. Now if you were intentionally misleading someone, that's maybe that's a little bit different. Like if you tell people, no, I worked in XYZ store as a manager then I would probably draw the line of that kind of statement. But if you say, I know how to do this and I have experience, I'm, I, I know how it works. I've been, even if you don't say I have experience, if you say I've been trained and I know how it works. And in reality, you've just watched YouTube videos. I don't necessarily see that as a lie saying you have experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I faked it till I made it, but that's only because I really like believe in myself. Like if I'm going to go do it, because one, I never want to leave anybody in a bad position, but two, it was good money. And I was like, how hard is it to clean? And, and plus you have confidence in yourself because you know, you're going to take care of your clients. So if you, if you look at it, like yeah. an, the ends justify the means, it's like you, you managed to bring in clients, let's say, you say fake it till you make it, let's use an even worse term, by hook or crook, right? Yeah. But you got a client, and you were confident you were going to take care of them, and you took care of them, and they became repeat, recurring business. So oh, yeah. it's like you believed you had a vision, you made it happen, some might disagree with that method, but the point is, to me, it's just marketing, right? <laughs> Marketing and uh, developing new skills. Marketing and developing new skills. That's right. That's right. Um, I was going to bring something up about that, but I forgot. Train of thought gone. 
something about you cleaning, developing new skills. Oh, fake it till you make it. I was thinking about, you may have heard me say this yesterday on the, the, the show, but I was thinking about how you can, you get more of what you focus on, right? Did you hear me talk yeah. about that part? Yes. So, you know me health-wise, by June 1st, I want to be in the best shape of my life, right? You remember those conversations we've had? I I do. And you said you're going to join me in that. Are you still going to join me in that? I I've already started. Yeah, me too. I've, yeah, I've already started. But the point is, instead of trying to burn out, like doing everything quickly, I gave, you know, we gave ourselves like six months to try to do it. So that way it's like just easier to make consistent habits and life changes. But the reframe that I did was what you focus on, you get more of. And it doesn't matter if you say you want it or you're avoiding it what your focus is on, what the subject is, you get more of. So with me saying, I want to lose 60 pounds by June 1st, what the universe hears and what my focus is on is the 60 pounds I need to lose. So even though I'm saying I don't want that, that's where the focus is and that's what I get more of. So what I've started doing is saying... I just started this like three days ago, two days ago. I said, I am gaining a healthy state. And for me, the target weight that I want is 180 pounds. I'm six foot two. I want to be 180 pounds. And so I'm saying I am gaining a healthy state of 180 pounds. And... What's interesting is like in the past two days, like my appetite has totally changed. I don't have a sweet tooth anymore. And I, I honestly have no cravings. Like, it's so weird. Yesterday, I straight up said, you know, I was sitting here looking at like whatever unhealthy thing I was looking at. I think it was a bucket of fudge. And I honestly looked at it and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want any of that. And Honestly, Ambie, that's the first time that's ever happened in my life. I mean, I knowing you and your sweet tooth, Ethel, to turn down a piece of fudge is, is, I'm very proud of you. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, when you're flowing with the universe, when you're trying to be on your best timeline, which is your catchphrase, yeah, and I know you didn't like make it. up the catchphrase, but you've adopted it as your own, so I attribute it to you because you're the one that introduced it to me. Oh, yeah. But when you do that and you can genuinely say that like something's changed in your desires and in your mindset, that's it's it was one of the biggest paradigm shifts I've had this year. And it aptly came at the very end of the year. It's 2020. It's the 20th, the 22nd of 2022 today. Isn't that interesting? Two, four, six. Yesterday was winter solstice, shortest day of the year. Days are just going to keep getting longer before you know it. We're going to be barbecuing and blowing off fireworks. Yes, in the best shape of our life. And in the best shape of our life <laughs> on June 1st. Yeah. And uh, what, what you're saying, what, what you said is something that I've learned the past couple of months. Also, that just reflected at the end of the year so i think it's 
awesome that you say that in the way that you did. A few people that I follow on social media say to to live each day as a person that you see yourself in June. So that's what our goal is. So because <clears throat> uh, if, if, if you live how you see yourself, it, it automatically becomes part of your life. So I try to do that. So I start every morning with a purposeful silence. And then I try to visualize how I see myself. So I've recently been visualizing um, basically being in good shape. And if I'm in good, if I'm in good health, I should say, uh, what would I do? I would wake up on time. Um, I, uh, I would wake up on time and then have my stuff packed the night before. And then um, when I go to eat, um, I try to think about kind of like if it's going to be uh, how it makes my body feel or just like how I kind of got rid of just drinking altogether is thinking about like how I feel when I drink and how I feel after I drink. So I've been doing a lot of like living my life as if I'm already in the best shape of my life. And then um, it's just worked a lot of wonders and also just living as a person that I see myself as other than just hoping and wishing. So I think I, I'm doing the same thing that you're doing and you just kind of summed it up a lot easier uh, than the other people that I was watching. Oh. Well, nice. Well, thank you. There's a lot of truth. <laughs> I, like, I like I like your simplicity about it. There's like I'm I'm a I love you know this about me. I love the people's pizza, Little Caesars, the people's pizza man. That guy that founded that company. I just so much believe in his mission, what he was doing to try to make affordable pizza for middle class, you know, to lower class families. That's me, man. I love that pizza. It's so good. Extra most bestest, and then. Someone blew my mind by ordering the Hawaiian style uh, with like the ham and pineapple, and it was unbelievably delicious. I had no idea. Um, <laughs> so what I started doing a while back is like, you know, I'll buy one of those pizzas and it's hit and miss. Sometimes I feel like they've been sitting in the keep warm section for like an hour because it's like crusty. It's. But if you order them fresh and if you get a fresh extra most bestest or something, man, so good. But I tried to do what you were talking about because I'll just straight up eat like a whole 3,000 calorie Little Caesars large by myself in one sitting. It's, it goes quick. It goes quick. And and uh, instead, one day I had a craving for Little Caesars like two months ago. And... Uh, I like sat there and I just like kind of meditated and I just imagined eating the pizza and like took myself through what would it taste like? What's the texture like? The sodium, the grease. And, and I just imagined the texture and the, the crunchy crust. And then once you get the fluffiness of the, the interior, and then once I imagine eating like five slices in, then it starts tasting kind of bland. Then by the time you're done, you have so many regrets in life, not just the pizza, like 
you're regretting every life decision you've ever made that brought you to that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Mine's usually uh, trying to put like my belly gets extended right away, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then the pleasure's gone. You did it. That craving satisfied, and now you're just full of just despair. <laughs> <laughs> so so Despair i took myself and uh, everybody else is hungry because you ate it all <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i took myself through that process and i was able to visualize the pleasure and the pain and after i was done i like satiated that craving like i was good it's like i walked my brain through the same thing without actually going through it and rationally looked at where will I be after I do this? Will I feel better or worse? And I, my brain was able to reconnect that pleasure just by visualizing the delicious, delicious consumption of pizza. You know, I think uh, you should save that part because that's a, like the greatest like example of being mindful, like a mindfulness um, session that you had with yourself. Like, cause you could taste, uh, you could smell it, hear it. Like you, you walk yourself through a little bit of a, a guided, like mindfulness meditation with, uh, pizza, pizza. With the pizza, pizza, the little Caesars, <laughs> man, it's a great place. It's it is. Place. And, uh, there's, there's no better way to throw a pizza party than going over there. I don't know. I, I actually like Domino's. After they did their revamp and they changed their recipe up, um, I really like Domino's pizza right now. But Little Caesars is just the go-to because they're the only ones that are doing the hot and ready thing, which is hard to believe. Like if Domino's had on-demand pizza, that would be a game changer. But Little Caesars, you know that you can just duck in and grab something right then and there. But I still order it in the pizza portal for pickup because, you know, it's going to be fresh and, and sublime. I don't like their combination pizza, though, because they use those little canned mushrooms. Canned mushrooms oh. are fine if you want canned mushrooms. I used to sit in my grandparents' basement and eat a can of canned mushrooms when I was like, four years old five years old i love him but you i don't know? necessarily like him on pizza what mushrooms when bringing that up and domino's cross-referencing um have my my favorite pizza to get from uh domino's uh is mushroom uh mushroom spinach and uh the red what is it uh the red peppers with uh, not the red sauce, but garlic sauce. Man, that is the best pizza I've ever had. That's mushrooms, red bell peppers, It's uh, garlic sauce. Yeah, it's oh, roasted red peppers is what it's roasted, called. Roasted red peppers, nice. Okay. Roasted red pepper, mushroom, spinach, and then uh, it's garlic sauce on the Brooklyn style. Oh, and that's at Domino's? Yeah. Wow, that sounds so good. It's it it tastes like super fresh. Uh, it's not. I like the thin crust, but the Brooklyn style is almost like a thin crust. But you have the uh, the thick crust at the end. Yeah, nice. But that's my vegan pizza. That's your vegan pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Is there cheese on your vegan pizza? Sometimes. Oh, sometimes. I see. Sometimes. If I'm not doing my, my mindfulness technique like you did, it's going down. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much about vegans. I try. I like to be whole food plant-based as you know, when I can. Um, meaning if I'm presented with some prime rib or some oatmeal, I will try my hardest to go for the oatmeal. I may not succeed. Prime rib is delicious, especially with horseradish. But I wonder if there are some vegans out there that do drink milk, eat cheese, maybe eggs, because like an animal didn't have to die to produce it. Like if their goal is to not harm an animal, but maybe they think the fact that the animal was bred in captivity and, and uh, produced the product in captivity, maybe they think it's also the life, the living condition of that animal. But I know people, a lot of people are whole food just for the, the... have you ever been on nutritionfacts.org? No. For me, I'm, I used to be super, super, super big on cheese. Um, cheese, anything dairy, actually. I'm your guy, cheese and crackers, all day long. Um, what are those um, plates called? Ch- uh, ch- chicory plate or chicory? I don't think I'm saying that right. Chicory? It's a thing. I don't know what the plate is, though. So it comes with like an assortment of like dally meats and cheeses and crackers with mm. uh, some mirrors. Oh, I don't know what that's called. Hors d'oeuvres. It's a. It's called like a a chuckery plate or something like that. Ch- chuckery. Oh, I think you've talked to me about this before. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but the only reason why um, I even thought about you know, well going vegan and stuff is I was having a lot of stomach issues and then I ended up coming across a documentary called What the Health? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. And Look that, at this. It's right here. Has, yeah, it's completely uh, changed my perspective on a lot of stuff. And for me, like out of any addictions that I've had, I would say food is the hardest addiction to cut because i could be going strong um i've I've done a whole year of being a vegan and um it's like you're having withdrawals because you could like pass by like your favorite steakhouse and just like get those flavors in your mouth or even like mcdonald's i don't eat mcdonald's a lot but if i pass by the place i know exactly how the burger tastes how the fries taste and you have like a slight craving Mm mm-hmm but when it comes to steak and cheese, like I definitely like really have to uh, get myself in a place of where I, you know, you feel like you want to eat it because everybody else is having it. So you, you don't always make the best choice. So that's just one of those uh, things that Attention you have to speakers, be co- very, very mindful of. I'm but I say out of all the addictions that I've had, food is the hardest. Yeah, food is definitely the my hardest. You're right. It's and 
It, I don't know. I, I love summer sausage. You know the roll of meat. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. But the problem is, as well, I can only have so much of it because it co- it coats my mouth in that grease stuff, and I don't like that feeling. Oh, but yeah. I, I love me. A, I love a platter of summer sausage. Here it is. Here's the word you're talking about. Listen to this. And this is my. This is like a three minute video. Dang it! This is gonna take way too long. Uh, if I want to hear how to pronounce a word, just say the word. She has written here charcuterie. Yeah. But does that emphasis? Here's a one minute video. Much more manageable. Attention speakers, coaching. What's up, guys? Bonjour. This is Julian, the Frenchman, who makes pronunciation videos here on YouTube. And we are looking at how to pronounce this category of food made of cured meats, dried pork in varied preparations, the ham, prosciutto and jamon, chorizo, salami, dried sausages and saucisson, mortadella, pate, speck, copa, and many more. So how do you go about pronouncing this? There's going to be two three. You do. Oh, yeah. you. Can, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if there's a way for you to hear it. Gotcha. I don't know because it's, it's, it's okay. audio on my desktop. I'll tell you what it says. Yeah, we gotta figure that out. I, I have to figure out the audio visual thing for like. Anyway, you want to insist on the Q also, and it's Q, not Q, because yesterday's stream. If you don't mind, I'm gonna play with your uh, clips and make them segments. Oh, please do. Yeah, if you want to upload some clips. Because there, there are like, like, like two or three days ago, I read a super epic Chat GPT poem that was like, it was, it was so epic. Anyway, listen to this. Hang on, let me tell you this. What does he Do say? Do want to insist on the Q part, and it's Q, not cool, because yes, Sha- it is a French word Sha- and a name of French origin, and the Hang French on. pronounce the U, charcuterie, 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 I'm not saying it right, anyway, it sounds like a charcuterie, <laughs> charcuterie, I'm going to say it like an American, but the point is it's charcuterie, that's the point, okay. I, I'm saying it like charcuterie, charcuterie, this person says in the comments, I called it a fancy Lunchables for grown-ups. <laughs> when you could get a group of grown-ups to have a Lunchable with you, like I would call that a good day. Yeah, charcuterie. Okay. Hey, you want to help me? Well, first, let me show you something real quick. Can I show you something real quick? Yes. What's the name of that medical MD guy? The, uh, the meat MD. I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> This guy, he's the carnivore MD, is that what his name is? Car- they were talking about it on Joe Rogan, and I looked him up and started following him for a minute. Just, bear, yeah, Paul Saladino, bear with me here. So see this dude? Yeah. See this dude? He's a, Joe Rogan says he looks great. Paul, wait, Paul Saladino? That's Laser Beam. Laser, wait. Laser, laser beam. No, not that laser beam. Uh, what's that guy's name? Lannon? No, is that Lannon? Is that his name? La- oh, it's Gazer Beam. That's what I'm thinking of. Gazer Beam. From Incredibles. From Incredibles. Okay. Oh, it's Simon J. Palladino. Simon J. Palladino on, on The Incredibles was the name of Gazer Beam. That's funny. 
And this guy's who? Um, Simon J. Palladino. And this guy is Paul Saladino. <laughs> so it's the exact same, except like the P and the S are mixed. Instead of uh, Simon Palladino, it's Paul Saladino. That's so funny. And see, I'm already turned on by that picture. What, this one? Yeah. Yeah, dude, so want, hang on here. I want those olives. I just want to be like... This is what we need to talk about. Look at this guy. He So, you know, Joe Rogan says he looks, like, great, right? Yeah. And he does. He has a great physique. Uh, He's got a great physique. But just look at his, like, face, man. Like, I think he's tan. I think he looks good. I do agree. He does a lot of surfing. He's out in the sun a lot. Okay? But just bear with me. Look at this. Look at his face here. You see his face? Trying to catch it to you. Oh, just hit live on the. If you're on the YouTube video, just hit live and mute it so it's not playing back in your ear. Oh yeah. You see him? Mm-hmm. So here's the the poolside shot. Here's his in the kitchen shot. How old would you say he is? Just just guess, just for fun. If he didn't have his shirt off, I would go around like late forties. Without his shirt, I want to say around mid fifties. And that's only because of the skin. Only because of the skin. Alright. So just for fun. So this guy let's see if we can see how old he actually is. And Paul, he's the carnivore. He's a carnivore. Carnivore MD. And you watch a video of him and, and anyway, and this is this is the point that I'm gonna make. Paul Saladino age. He's forty five years old. Alright, he's forty five years old. That's the carnivore. And Joe Rogan loves carnivores. Now let me show you Dr. <laughs> Allen. Uh, I think it's Alan Gold Hammer. Oh, nope, not. That's not the right one. Dr. Alan Gold Hammer. This guy was on a podcast with Rich Roll. Okay, look at this dude. How old do you think he is? He looks like he's in his later 40s. Okay, he looks like he's in his later 40s. I have no freaking idea how old he is. And that's the problem. Um, he's He leads the True North Health Center, which does medically supervised water fasts. He co-authored or was one of the authors on this book, The Pleasure Trap. And uh, I've read it or listened to the audiobook version of most of it that I bought on Audible, but I haven't finished it yet. But it's a great book. But I watched this podcast with this guy on Rich Roll, Alan Goldhammer. Let me show you just a quick clip of that. Rich Roll. Because this is the point I'm trying to make real quick. This is from 2020. I'm just going to show you a quick... Attention speakers. Our audience coaches. isn't big enough. There's we don't have anyone watching. I don't think anyone's going to care if I show this clip from Rich Roll. No copyright infringement intended. I'm just going to show a clip of this guy talking. Look at this guy. Alright, you see him? Not this not bearded fellow. The other guy. 
I just have it muted right now anyway, so nothing to see. But you see this guy? Yes. He's ageless. I have no clue. I don't know if he's done like facelifts or skin tucks or what. But here's what's scary. I think he's, I don't know how old he is, but he's like way older than 45. Like, I think he has a, he talks about how his like aging mother clued him into some health benefits. And this guy's a whole food plant-based water fasting guy. And I can't for the life of me figure out how old he is. And it's really annoying. Oh, 63. There we go. He's 63 years old. 63? This guy's 63 years old. Look at him. Yeah, he looks older than that guy. Right? And so, and, and it seems like a lot of the people that I know, and then look at Gregor. I don't know how old Gregor is, but look at that guy. Like, I know he's got receding hair, but like, who doesn't? Right? I mean, some people's hair starts receding when they're a teenager. But I mean, look at this guy. How old does his face look? Right? He looks like he's 60. Oh, you think he looks like he's 60? No way, man. You Really? Oh, like, oh that guy? Oh, oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Well, well, this he, guy. This guy. I, yeah. He still looks like maybe 50. Gregor? Yeah, man. I don't know. His skin's so clear. He's looking, looking young. Let me see. Michael Gregor age. Okay, he's 50 years old. All right. Is it? <laughs> He's 50 years old, so you're on the money with that one. But my point is, look at this guy's like expression on his face, right? Look at this guy. Right? And now look at our look at our carnivore, carnivore MD guy. There's just something to me, I don't know what it is, and maybe I'm weird, but it just seems like most carnivores look like they've been left out in the sun. And I know this guy surfs and stuff, and that's probably aged him. But other, like even Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan loves his meats. Like, let's look at Joe Rogan. I'm just saying it's interesting. That's all. It definitely is. I think it's interesting. I mean, look at it. I don't know what it is. Generally speaking, and I, I know I'm really biased, but, but I've tried the keto diet. I've tried the, the high-protein, low-carb diet. But for some reason, generally speaking, if you were to list a bunch of people side-by-side side who were had a mix of carnivores and vegans, I think I'd be able to identify which ones are carnivores and which ones are vegans just by guessing. I don't know. It'd be interesting to try. You should. Someone should get on Instagram and compile a list of carnivores and a list of vegans. And then we, you and I can cycle through them on, you know, next time you're on the program. And we'll try to decide which ones are carnivores. <laughs> but you get my point, right? Yes, we can make it a game. I, I mostly, like I said, I was just having a lot of issues. Like, I love pork. Love tamales. Everything's pork in my family. But what I've noticed is how, like, I look like I have a pregnant belly when I'm done eating pork. But not just me. Like, if I eat uh, bread. Also, 
so you have bloat like i wonder if that's a gluten thing because i hear some people they call it like a gluten belly yeah i get the gluten belly if that's what it's called and then uh with the meat i just can't i don't know i that's the most inflammation that i do get so that's why i started like more on the vegan uh i i definitely feel a lot better with um fruits and veggies definitely but there's just times where i feel like i i I don't get satisfied or full enough or like you just want that piece of meat yeah and then i feel satisfied or like more nutritioned yeah the best the best method the best logic i've seen that i try to espouse is that i'm whole food plant-based but i'm whole food plant based (laughs) meaning if i'm at someone's house and they've carefully prepared a delicious sunday slow cooked roast i'm not going to turn it down because it was nice of them to make it and it's very very delicious so (laughs) it's delicious i'm not going to say no but but it's it's mostly that you know i'll have maybe a smaller portion so i'm not like a strict i'm never going to eat meat or animal products but i'll try to be generally whole food plant based does that make sense yes i believe in that because i I help i I really do feel like it helps with uh, digestion ritual plant-based nutrition master class he sent this out november 24th this looks like something fun to do Dr. Esselstyn, this is another guy. Watch this guy. How old do you think this guy is? Oh, he's looking. It's too blurry. It's, he's looking pretty old there. Anyway, he's older. He's looking. Hang on. See him right there? Guy in the back? This is his son in front of him. Oh, wow. How old do you think this guy is? I want to say he's late 50s. Oh, no. You can't see. My resolution must not be high enough. I mean, maybe... maybe. Can you see him clearly? I don't know. I would have guessed over like that, but let me show you. Dr. Esselstyn. Caldwell Esselstyn. Okay, this, here's some better pictures of him. See him now? he's 89 years old 89 this this guy is 89 years old i don't know when this picture was taken let's see if there's some metadata on it 2019 this was taken in denmark in 2019 so at the time that this was taken he was yeah at the time it was taken he was 86 years old at the time of this being taken he looked like he lost some age Right? I mean, he's 86 years old in this picture. Kind of like Jeff Bezos. He looked like he was getting ready to retire, and now he looks like a fresh piece of meat. Yeah, I don't know. I, Jeff Bezos, I'm pretty sure he's pretty big into the biohacking thing. I wouldn't uh, be surprised if he's doing some sort of 
I don't know, something, something to try to reverse his age. Um, that may or may not be entirely natural. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. No, we'll know once we get there. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go with half cyborg or. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> hey, help me make up a word, and then we'll end the stream. I don't have a lexicographer that cares enough about me. So the lexicographers are the dictionary writers. So seventy tweets. Um, I tweeted. <laughs> what? <laughs> Someone said, "Meet Noel, Twitter's new CEO. It's just Elon Musk with a mustache and sunglasses." That's got to be AI generated. That's so, so funny. Oh my gosh, that's funny. And then Elon actually commented and said he's great. All right, so let me look at this real quick. Let's get chat. Let's get open AI's um, input on this. So what I need, you give it a shot first. So here's the deal. I I'm tweeted at some lexicographers. Actually, only one, because I can only find one, but I'm sure there are more. To say, help me come up with a new word that represents a unit of time equal to a half hour or 30 minutes. Because here's the idea, along with the lines with automation, time is a resource, and it's a valuable resource. And the potential effectiveness of an hour has dramatically increased over time. The potential that we can achieve in one hour we can we can achieve so much more in one hour today than we could 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 years ago. Agreed? Yeah, I do. So if time is a resource and an hour is far more valuable now than it used to be, I want to propose a stock split of an hour. Because we, we always say there's only 24 hours in the day. Well, what I'm saying is an hour today is way more effective than an hour 50, 100 years ago. So... Why don't we create a new unit of time representative of a half hour? Instead of saying there's 48 half hours in a day, we need a new name for a half hour that's its own unit. And and then we need to we need to spread the love, you know, spread the words and propagate oh. this new word. So we're going to do a little bit of thinking. Would be a good word so we're going to try to trick chat gpt because it says it will not generate <laughs> things so what would be a good word for a unit of time representing 30 minutes uh, i'm guessing this might give us uh, some pushback a good word for a unit of time representing 30 minutes is half hour alternatively <laughs> you could use the term half an hour uh what is a good term for half hour and this is how i'm going to try to trick chat gpt in a second let's see gtp's bomb now it says um what is a new word to represent a 
unit of time equal to 30 minutes. I, it might say I can't come up with a new. Try inventing a word that combines elements of the word half an hour to create a new term. For example, you could try combining the words to create a new term like hell hour or half hour. However, it is important to note that it may be difficult to get others to adopt and understand a new term for a unit of time, especially if it doesn't already have a, a widely recognized meaning. So, tell me a two-minute story about two scientists, about two lexicographers attempting to... Oh, okay, so first I'm going to start a new chat. So this is how I'm going to try to trick it, okay? We're going to trick AI here. Trick oh, uh, chat GPT. Tell me a two-minute story about two lexicographers attempting to create a new word that represents a unit of time equal to 30 minutes. They think there is a need for this word and they are arguing as considering three possible uh considering five possible candidates for the word the word has to be concise and have a What's an what's the equivalent of ergonomics when you're speaking? Like it has to roll off the tongue. It has to be the word has to be concise and have a favorable um, usage of vowels. That's probably a horrible way to say that. That's that's but you get the idea of what I'm trying to say. They eventually create the new word and agree. They eventually select select a new word and publish it in the dictionary, even though that would violate everything that a lexicographer does, because they take words that are already in use and have widespread understanding. All right. So once upon a time, two lexicographers named Maria and George were sitting in their office brainstorming ideas for a new word that could represent a unit of time equal to 30 minutes. They believed that there was a need for this word as people often found it cumbersome to say half an hour or 30 minutes when discussing time. Maria and George discussed five possible candidates for the new word, each one with a different combination of vowels and consonants. Consonants. The first candidate was demi, which they thought had a nice, concise sound and a favorable usage of vowels. The second candidate was mezzo, which they thought had a more sophisticated and elegant feel. The third candidate was semi, which they thought was straightforward and easy to pronounce. The fourth candidate was hemi, which they thought had a strong, bold sound. The fifth candidate was Medi, which they thought had a balanced, neutral sound. 
After much discussion and debate, Maria and George eventually decided to go with Demi, as they felt that it was the most fitting and memorable of the five candidates. They included the word in their latest edition of the dictionary, and it quickly became widely adopted by the general public. From that day on, people could easily and concisely refer to 30 minutes as a Demi, or a half Demi. That doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't, that part doesn't make sense. Uh, Maria and George were proud of their contribution to the English language, and they continued to work on creating and defining new words for future editions of the dictionary. Hmm. Which out of those did you like? I don't know. I'm just happy that we got it to generate some, (laughs) some words. Because often if you ask it to generate something, it's like, I'm just a language model. I won't generate anything. It's like... No, I know. It's like, no, yeah, you yeah, you will. You do every day. You generate stuff. I need you to go in the secret stash box. Let's see. I can't tweet this out. If I just search Twitter for a lexicographer... There's got to be one that amateur lexicographer. I need to find one that's like active. Lexicographer. Good supply of dictionaries. What? Islamic lexicographer Dr. Saeed Amar Nakshawani. Did I say that right? I think you would uh, do it better, say it better than I would. This guy like just tweets a picture of this bro without even like giving any links or any like. How am I supposed to find this guy then? <laughs> I just need an lexicographer to say what's a. Help me come up with a new word. This is the guy. Is he on Twitter? Anyway, I don't want to... But you get my point? We need to do a... uh, We need to do a a stock split on time. Do you agree? People say we need more time in the day. Then let's just do a... A brain trick to think we have more time. Is this guy? Is he an actual lexicographer? Is that the same guy that's in this picture? Maybe. It almost looks like it. So if I say... Wait, he hasn't posted since 2016, so he's obviously not active on Twitter. See, I've got to find a lexicographer that's active on Twitter so they can participate in our antics. Anyway... 
we've been going at this for like an hour and 46 minutes. Let's end it, shall we? Is there anything else mm-hmm. you want to bring up today? No. Thank you for my first uh, stream. Oh, yeah. You were the first guest. We'll have to do this frequently. Bring items from your sandbox and and right. come play. We did have... Some of your uh, sandbox real quick. We did have... Um, Like, how do you want me to send it to you? It's just like a note. That's it? Yeah, it's just like a note. I can just, I can send you the current contents of the sandbox or what I added to it, and I can just send you updates. You just have it, like, on a doc? Yeah, it's a Google Doc. Okay. But anyway. Because you always do some fancy stuff sometimes, so I want to see what you got into. Keeping it simple is the way to go. Yeah, no, it's not simple. Tiana had a great idea. She was sitting there wrapping presents yesterday, and she's like, "When your brand takes off and you start selling merch, you should sell custom, eco-friendly wrapping paper." I'm like, "That is so funny." She's like, "You could do Christmas, birthdays." I'm like, "Yeah, man. Everybody always sells T-shirts and wearables. I don't know anyone that's out there selling eco-friendly, sustainable, natural wrapping paper." That is true. Or maybe just like people have reusable shopping bags, maybe we can develop an actual reusable container that gives the same thrill as unwrapping a present, but it's reusable. So when you give yeah. when you give it to someone, you're giving them the gift, but you're also giving them the reusable gift container. All I could think of is like adjustable wrapping that get sucked back in how did what do you mean get sucks back sucked back in like if it was like rolled like a fruit roll up and then you have your container and you roll it out and then wrap it around that would work unwrap it it'll roll back in That's what popped in my head. But how can it preserve the shape? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Huh. It's good thought. We'll have to chew on it. <laughs> the reusable gift. The reusable gift packaging. Well, that was fun. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to... I don't know. I Oh, man. Sun's already up. It is. Longer days from here. Today's longer than yesterday, and it'll just keep getting longer. But and I will think about the time and shoot you my my opinions. Yes, do so. I'll share with you my ideas in the sandbox. Add some more to the sandbox, and when we get back together, we'll go over some more. All right. If gotcha. you're free to, if you're free tomorrow, you're free to hop on too. Just let me know. You got it. I'll message you in the morning. I'm usually up by five. How about you? Nah, today I like woke up. <laughs> like basically, I'm surprised. I set my alarm for five thirty, and somehow turned it off and woke up at like six ten, and then just hustled out here. I I was I couldn't sleep all night because I was excited for this. Oh, you're the bomb. That's so nice. Yeah. I was excited to have you on too. That's probably why I actually woke up. <laughs> Just, once I turned off my alarm and 
don't remember getting out of bed then i woke up naturally like a few minutes later and was like it's time to have ambi on the podcast oh yeah i have my coffee and then uh, some uh have you had a biscuitito oh you've talked about that what's a biscuitito it's just a cookie biscuit it's it's a Mexican cookie with, uh, I think they use anise seeds, um, leaf lard, cinnamon sugar. It's basically like a sugar cookie I with, an, uh, this, it's like biscotti, but Cheeto uh, at the end. How <laughs> you spelled biscotti? There we go. <laughs> Cheeto. That's a there's a song. The biscuitos. A biscuitito, here it is. <laughs> she looked like a biscuitino. <laughs> there it is. Traditional New Mexican. Oh, it's specifically New Mexican. That's cool. I thought you were saying, like, Mexican, like, generally, but it's specifically New Mexican. Yes. Hmm. They're similar to shortbread or butter cookies. Definitely <laughs> looks like something that needs some um, some intimate exploration. I must yes. ingest some of these. I will bring you some. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Um. Well... I don't know. I feel like we should keep it close to an hour moving forward so it's easier to uh, ingest. But I don't know. It's so, you're so much fun. I could talk to you for hours. So This was a good uh, <clears throat> this was a good introduction and just from here just uh, taking notes just like, like you said uh, going with an hour. And Did you get a chance to look at the Matrix? Oh, the one you sent me? No, I haven't watched that. So I think that would give you some great ideas in that great mind of yours. Oh, well, thank you. I'll have to check it out. Thanks for sending me that link. Yeah, I'll I'll have you do that. And then um, I don't have anything to do today, so I'm just going to play with um, your video you're streaming and uh try to make them into little segments and clips and uh like short stories for the youtube automation because youtube be uh created ours uh, having those short uh reels also and then you'll they'll lead them into your actual stream so we'll practice Oh, sure. That'd be fun. <clears throat> so I'll play with yours because you actually have good content that we could play with. Oh, well, thank you. It's nice of you to say so. Let's see. Hang on. Well, yeah, whatever clips you can generate, that would be fun. It'd be fun to share those on social media. The the social medias or whatever. So that'd be nice of you. Thank you. You got it. 
I'll add it to the workspace. Cool. Well, thanks for being the uh, the first uh, first interview. We should do this again tomorrow. You got it. I'll be up and at them. All right. Well, have okay. a good one, Ambie. Thanks. Talk to you in a little bit. Talk to you in a little bit. Bye. Thank you.